Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and welcome to The Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is Working on You. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Eric. And I've got a question for you. Well, that was fast, Jeff. Yeah, I know. I'm going to start it off with that. So how is working on you going? Well, for me personally, is that what yeah, you're let's start with Let's start with oh, that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Put well, you on the spot. Put me on the spot. Um, I would say really, really good. Um, and I'm kind of biased because um, as I was prepping for this show, I got to thinking about and I, and, I, and I know you know me well enough that this is not going to be a surprise, is those who maybe are kind of hitting the wall. Hitting the wall. You know, I saw a meme the other day that I thought oh, wait was a minute. You know what, Jeff? Did I answer the question? That's what I want to make sure. Did I answer your question, how it's going for me? How am I working on you? Kind of, sort of, but okay. I'm, we might get into it a little bit more. Okay, so you have permission to hold me accountable to all answer right. that question. Okay. All right. So, sorry, sorry. All right. So I saw this meme the other day that was talking about New Year's resolutions, and somebody mm-hmm. said that they made a New, res- New Year's resolution to lose 15 pounds this year. Well, and then they go, it's going okay. I only have 25 more pounds to go. So <laughs> that wasn't going the way they wanted. So I think there's some people out there that are not feeling good that they're not getting where they wanted to be as far as working on themselves. Is, is that kind of what we want to talk about? I think so. And the first episode of the year, which I believe if my memory serving, we did was on uh, how EQ can change your life. And we talked about some things that were practical around that getting started in the new year. But oftentimes in the clients that we work with, you know, by the time we get close to March, last part of February, some of that same desire and fire starts to, to fade. So whether that's they just start playing out of gas 
maybe their motivation is kind of waning, maybe just dissipated, or quite frankly, just to a point where they're disappointed. Maybe in that mode of thinking like, I always say that I want to do this. I, I want to lose X number of pounds. I want to start doing this. And then it just fades. So that's kind of where I wanted to go. I want to kind of encourage our audience, if you're mm-hmm. in that place, that your emotional intelligence can maybe either reignite you or may potentially just keep you going, you know, if you will. And for those of you out there who are doing awesome, your New Year's resolutions are clicking on all cylinders. Awesome for you. We're happy about that. Keep at it. And maybe think about helping somebody <laughs> you know who maybe is having some challenges with it, right? Right. So that's kind of the, the, the premise. So if someone is in the situation where they are not hitting their goals, not making the, the steps they wanted, mm-hmm. how would you help them with emotional intelligence? What, where would you start with that? Right. Well, I think actually, I, if, if I were sitting across from someone who's in that place, I'd, I'd, I'd want to explore a little bit. You, you've heard me, Jeff. I've been talking a lot about the difference between judgment and curiosity. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I would kind of, kind of level set that first. Could you unpack that a little oh, bit Oh, yeah, more? sure, sure. So we know, right, that uh, there's a lot of judgment going on, right, in our culture. Including self-judgment. Uh, and including self-judgment. And what's interesting to me about judgment is that it's not only easy, but it's quick. Mm. And that's dangerous because what happens is you're operating on very, very limited information. Okay. Quick story for you. Gentleman um, was wearing a rogue T-shirt uh, and meaning rogue fitness. Okay. For the people that aren't around Columbus. Thank you. But you know what? They're, they're actually yeah. worldwide. If you're in the CrossFit world, uh, working out, barbells, that kind of thing, you probably are familiar with the name. But they are based here in Columbus, The factory is about five miles from where we sit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So he's wearing this T-shirt, and it's just big and blazing letters. It said, Rogue. All right? So I'm looking at him. I'm looking. I'm saying, well, I bet he, I bet he works out a lot. He probably is into CrossFit. You know, he likes their barbells, the equipment. So I said, so you, you're wearing that rogue t-shirt. So how do you, um, how do you like rogue? He goes, uh, I just like their (laughs) t-shirts. And I, 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 and then he looks at me and I look at him and he's kind of like, what? And I go, (laughs) I I just kind of thought that you were, and then I caught myself. I'd made a quick decision. I made a quick assumption. I, I said, to him, hey, if he's wearing Rogue, he must be into this, must be in that. And the only reason he wears the T-shirts is because he likes the material. That's judgment. <laughs> now, that's lighthearted, and, and, and yeah. it makes sense. I, I get that. But what about when we meet that person from a different culture? What about when we meet somebody from a different ethnic or racial background? The, 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 the tendency is, is that we want to make it easy on ourselves, so we rush to that. What, what what about that person that you work with that all of a sudden their work isn't up to the same standards? Another great example. I can make a judgment and say, this person is being lazy. Okay, done. Mm-hmm. This person is X, as in they, in last performance review, they didn't score high. Or they didn't, they were passed over for a promotion. So therefore, they're not qualified. They're not, they're not capable. But you dig deeper and you might find out that their their parent is dying. And that's where curiosity comes in, Jeff. The curiosity part 
And if you could, you look up the definition in Webster's, it's ultimately, it's just, it's someone who has a desire to learn. Mm-hmm. So if I have a desire to learn and to, I would throw in understand, maybe I go to that person I work with and ask them some questions. So what happened? Why, why do you think it didn't go as well as it should have gone? And, and by the way, I'm just wanting to understand. No judgment here. No guarantees, but I might get, Eric, my mom is in hospice. And it's just really hard to concentrate. Wow. That opens up more choices, more options. It gives me the ability to leverage one of the competencies of empathy. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's not about did you get the report done and did it? Did you do it properly? It's more about whoa, they're in a place where I wouldn't expect them to perform at a high level. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a shot here. Again, the transverse, right? If I go judgment, I write him off. I write her off because mm-hmm. I, I can move on. And quite frankly, it's intellectually lazy to be judgmental. <laughs> I like that. It's just intellectually laziness. You know, curiosity says, I care enough and I want to do the work of understanding what's going on. And that work might take you someplace uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. And Jeff, here's the deal. And, and I think people kind of sometimes misunderstand. This does not rob you of your right to be affiliated with a certain political party. It doesn't, rel- it doesn't rob you of the right to disagree. It just says you're going at it from a perspective of understanding so that when you do make quasi-judgments, they're based on what you know, not on what you've assumed or what you've something that happened with a certain group of people from 20 years ago. Or what you've been taught. Or what you've been taught. Very, very good. Very good point. Because sometimes it is a learned thing. Mm-hmm. So I'd start there. Try to figure out, okay, why, did, why are we here? What happened? Uh, where are you at? Understand more, again, from that curiosity perspective. And then, yes, um, certainly, I, I would want to move into what are the competencies in your emotional intelligence that could potentially fuel you to either A, refill the tank, B, get more motivation, or C, pass over. I mean, or, or understand there's no reason for me to be disappointed. You just made me think of a, a, a phrase that scares a lot of people. You might have to do some self-examination. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and self-examination can be tough. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say it again, the power of curiosity, it goes hands in hand with self-empathy. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it gives you that ability to go, first and foremost, I'm not a failure, as in that's my personhood because I didn't or I'm or I'm I haven't gotten to the gym as often as I said I would in my in my New Year's resolution or the weight loss or the or the new fill in the blank. That's that's a huge part of it. You know, that that self-examination and looking at it with curiosity, it's okay to admit that I shot a little too high. Thank you. That's a really, really good point, Jeff, because that would be a beginner or at the beginning state, I would want to know when you set that goal, did you shoot, did you, did you shoot too high? Did you, did you make it too big? Because sometimes in our earnest and our desire to get to a better place, we do go ahead and say, I want to run a 5k in a month. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to lose 25 pounds by June. Okay. 
Well, let's again, let's go curious. Yeah, if you, is, if is, you see that you're not going to get the 25 pounds, but you're only going to get 15, you give up on everything and don't lose any. Exactly. Whereas there's the potential of the pivot, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, okay, I'm, I haven't lost as much as I wanted to. I'm going to adjust my plan. And instead of June, it's going to be September, right? And to realize that none of us are in a place that if we don't hit our New Year's resolutions or goals or whatever that you want to use as, as the describer, I mean, really? I mean, unless you're in a situation where your doctor has said, you better lose this weight or you potentially will have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, if you don't hit this goal, you may not have a job by June. Or, I mean, something that's so deliberate right. and, and in concrete. You should be able to give yourself enough of a break to adjust your, your, your plan. And that's the self-empathy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and that, that can be difficult because uh, we've talked about this before, about the, the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think is so powerful about the Enneagram is that it's a system that helps you dig beneath the surface and, and understand the why of what you do. Mm-hmm. I kind of liken it, and I'm, I'm stealing a little bit from Ian Cron, and I was listening to his podcast, and he had a guest on. And I don't remember his name to save me. But he was talking about that emotional intelligence is that management of thought and emotion to make decisions, right, to make mm-hmm. better decisions. So you're managing thought and emotion, which is a little bit above the surface, can be below the surface, right? Uh, mostly below, as we know, mm-hmm. right? The Enneagram may be is that thing that gives us the power and the tool to understand, well, I know how to handle my anger now because I'm using my emotional intelligence, but where did that come from? Why do I get angry when X, Y, and Z? Did it come from a parent 30 years ago? Did it come from a traumatic situation with a friend? And to begin to do that self-examination, self-exploration. And then I think... Once you, you do that step, then you can start thinking of consequences and thinking through consequential thinking. Yeah. So yeah. that if I, you know, if I continue down this path, the consequences are going to be the same they always have. Mm-hmm. Now, I want different consequences. Yes. You know, I, want this, I want this to end up the way I want it to be end up. Yeah. So what do I have to do? to make those consequences come out the way I want. And I, I like that you brought up consequential thinking because that certainly is a part of, I think, of an emotional intelligence competency that you can leverage. And sometimes, Jeff, I know I, I, I look at people, uh, whether I'm one-on-one with them or with a group, and, and there's this look of, I don't have time. Hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how many times you know, you've heard that, Jeff, I would, but I just don't have time. Jeff, I can't because I just don't have time. You know, that's a constant refrain, right? And what I've found is that once we dig a little deeper, okay, let's go ahead and evaluate how much time you have. And I'll go to it just because it's kind of fun to do. I'll ask things like, um, so do you watch CNN at all? Like political shows? No? Okay. How about sports? Do you uh, follow NFL, hockey, mm-hmm. Blue Jackets, things like that? Eventually, and again, I always make sure it's a psychologically safe engagement here. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not pulling out these things because I want to, I'm going to indict you. Yeah, but it's to help you understand. There's nothing wrong with going to a Blue Jackets game. There's nothing wrong with following the NFL. There's nothing wrong with you watching a political show on CNN. 
but it is wrong if that's the thing that blocks you from doing what your consequential thinking says, I need to do this. And I, I will tell you, I'm not advocating you have to give up. You know, no wide swings of the pendulum. Mm-hmm. I cannot watch any more CNN political shows. But maybe it needs to be, I'm going to watch it one night a week, not five. I'm going to take that other four hours, and I'm going to use that time to delve deeper into that consequential thinking, self-empathy. Because we're not talking about a process where it's like you always got to, you know, result. You, you have to resort to looking at a book or a program to figure out what to do. Eventually, as you grow in your competencies, Jeff, right, mm-hmm. you begin to do those rather effortlessly. I know some people that when they're looking at their New New Year's resolution or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. they do the opposite of what I mentioned before. They shoot too low. Mm. And... So they, they, they can check a few boxes off, and now they're good. How would you work with somebody like that? Like, okay, I need to lose 25 pounds, so I'm going to only drink diet pop, and that's going to do it because that's easy or whatever. Yeah, and I think, again, it comes into that, that first area. Let, let's be curious for a little bit. What is it you feel like you'll gain? Why is that important to you to just do diet soda where's your data set that tells you that that's the right thing mm-hmm. and again no judgment yeah i mean if if you it's your life you're in charge i just want to kind of understand because sometimes what can happen as you know jeff people can over leverage certain competencies mm-hmm. certain strengths and sometimes they do it so that they don't have to take on the hard work for me i think in my life, it's it's being able to get past that that self gratification for doing the easy. Mm-hmm. And okay, I've I've done these three things. I'm feeling good about myself, but the four things or the one thing yeah. that really is the game changer, I didn't move to because I got to check those boxes mm-hmm. off. Yeah, and I think, quite frankly, Jeff, our, our society has not done us any favors. You know, and I, I, I maybe maybe we'd call these societal norms, right? where we've we've kind of been told that things should come immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, we should not suffer very much. We should get what we want when we want it. We should be able to buy whatever we want whenever we want it. And all that does, it feeds into our brain that somehow life is supposed to be easy. What I was thinking is a 70% failure rate is pretty bad, isn't it? You might say on the surface, yeah. But what if you're a major league hitter? You'd be considered awesome, right? <laughs> and, and, and I want to go back that to a minute about the, uh, the idea of easy versus hard, right? I don't go out every day looking for things that are difficult for me to do in the sense of like, hey, I don't want anything easy. I don't want anything to go my way. I just want it to be tough all mm-hmm. the time. I'm not talking about that. But I think sometimes if we, if we could move to this place where we kind of – change, maybe reverse it a bit and look at it from the perspective of hard work is good for us, mm-hmm. especially if we're working on ourselves. Exactly. It is hard work and you shouldn't shrink from it. And you know what, Jeff, typically once you get past the front side of the pain mm-hmm. and the shock to your system, yeah, right, it does become something where you're going, yeah, well, okay, yeah, because what happens? It leads me to that competency of optimism. And 
I just want to make one point. Yeah. We, we, these things we're talking about, you know, shock to your system and everything, that's not just physical. Oh, and, and quite frankly, Jeff, it's, it's more mental, mm-hmm. certainly more mental. But even, even if it's not the losing weight, maybe I just want to be more efficient at work. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Well, and, and I think, and hopefully I'm not going to get too wonky here. We've done it before. Yes, that's true. So I have permission. Thank you. <laughs> the brain is, you know, has so much neuroplasticity, right? Which implies that it flexes, it, it moves, it changes mm-hmm. based on, well, sometimes that can be your enemy, <laughs> right? And that's why this, this idea that, you know, I'm saying that the mental side of it can be the toughest part of the work. You know, I, I was in a group uh, in previous career and we did one of the leadership vital signs thing. Right. Anyway, we did one of the assessment tools and one of the strengths in this group was flexibility, but it wasn't. Oh, do tell on that. Because we would start something and if it didn't go as quick as we wanted, we were flexible enough to try something else. Ah, yeah. So we, we, you know, in the course of a year, we would try 15 new things for two weeks. Not seeing it through. And not, not seeing not, it through. Yeah. And that's that, yeah. that's where that can be yeah. a danger. Just like you, you already said, these competencies can be good, used for good or evil. That's yeah, the way I tell that's, people. Yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great way of putting it. Because, you know, I, I started down that path where, you know, we're talking about optimism. Optimism is easy to say, but it's really hard to live out. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm going to stress to you guys out there in the audience, it's not impossible hard. It's not only the special few can do it type thing. It's just Jeff and I pride ourselves and we want to be straight. We want to be real. Mm-hmm. You know, We're not going to give you flowery, oh, here are the five secrets. You do them <laughs> in the next week and everything will be great. It is hard work. And it's the willingness that makes the difference. So from that, optimism can be hard work too. Exactly. You know, because we have influences all around us that typically are negative and pessimistic. You know, you look no further than getting the weather forecast. You know, if you notice that if you go to Google and Google News, you'll find one of the major storylines will always be weather systems, weather patterns, what's happened. Well, we have a whole channel Devoted yeah, to that. Promoted to that. And and very successful. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I mean, I love a tornado as much as the next person. But, I mean, at the end of the day, do I really need to know that there's a tornado in Oklahoma and that the weather pattern says it's going to be in Ohio in three days and I should get to my basement before? <laughs> and the, the only thing you can really do about the weather is to move to a different kind of weather. <laughs> <laughs> very well said. Very well said. So um, the application here, Jeff, about the optimism is rooted in looking at your situation from a realistic perspective, but realistically optimistic. That's, that's the important thing. Yeah. That it's, you don't want to be the Pollyanna. You, you have to be, you know, the word pragmatic sometimes doesn't get the mm-hmm. honor it needs. Yeah. Because you're looking at it from a realistic, you're being curious about it. Mm-hmm. And looking at it in a realistic thing so that you don't get yourself in the situation where your optimism failed you because you didn't achieve it. Yeah, yeah. And optimism can be fueled also from a perspective of not only just the idea that, hey, everything's going to go my way. I think it also is optimism is, you know what, even if it doesn't go my way, I'm going to have options. 
I'm going to have choices when I come to that place. And sometimes, Jeff, and this is easy to forget, but I would, I would tell you this, I'll tell our audience, how many times have you been going down a certain road and that road had a detour? Mm-hmm. You face the upfront disappointment that you're going to have to go a different way, but it turns out the detour took you to a place that you never would have gone before, and it actually is even better than the road you were on. You know, I, I might be wrong, but the entomology, that's the that study sounds word. right. Yeah, I think that's the right word. Optimism and optim, options, I think, come from the same root. The root, yeah. Uh, you know, optic seeing. Yeah. So whether that's your career, whether it's exercise, your diet, whether it's you know your relationships at, in and outside of work, this idea of, of the analogy of the road and the detour is meant to kind of illustrate to you that maybe you needed to be in a place where a road closes mm. to find the road that you need to be on. And optimism says, even though I, don't, I can't plan that out, I don't see it today, I'm confident if I come to a dead end, that inevitably there'll be more choices for, for me to make that will lead to other roads. And, and it might be, you might need to turn around and start over. Yeah. But you can be optimistic about that mm-hmm. too, right? I mean, what's wrong with starting over, right? What that does for me anyway is you've now, that's not the way to go. And I know that. So n- <sighs> now, yeah. okay, that's off the table. I know that's not going to work. So now I can concentrate on the next one. Yeah. And you use the analogy of the 70% failure rate, mm-hmm. right? I love that about baseball. I also love about baseball is that you can have a World Series champion that lost 60 times. Mm-hmm. 60 games. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about that, and I know we had Dan DeLucia on, we uh-huh. kind of talked a bit about baseball. Yeah. But if you think about that, if I said to you, Jeff, I'm working on this new project for Spirit of EQ, mm-hmm. and I've uh, I failed like 60 times on it. On the face of it, you might say, why are we doing this? But Jeff, what if my 60th loss was the last lost? Mm-hmm. And the next thing. Right. You know, and I, baseball is full of a lot of tradition and rich history. I just think sometimes if we're not careful, we can put ourselves in places where, uh, and it's not just baseball. I mean, you, you look at basketball, LeBron James and all of his greatness. He misses like 52, 53% of the mm-hmm. time. And, you know, to look at a, a baseball team, so a baseball team loses. They lose once, eh. They lose five, then you've got the coaches going, do we need to change the lineup? Uh, it's an ongoing as it is going. The team is evolving. And then so they yeah. get they have a 10-game winning streak. Then they do five, lose a five and again. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's kind of the the motivation here, right? Is mm-hmm. to help people to understand that's that's the same process of working on you. Mm-hmm. Is have a mindset that says you have options. Have a mindset that says you know what my consequential thinking. I'm going to leverage that, and I'm going to I'm going to weigh out, and I'm going to be curious about it, and then I'm going to be optimistic about what can happen. And I I love how you said that we're not talking Pollyanna, like anything I want, when I want, it's all going to be great. It's not about that. It's a firm belief that I've got options and choices that will lead me to where I want to go. Kind of the last thing, and and I I think we just dabbed on that a little bit um, when it comes to the empathy piece. 
Right. I think one of the things that, and when I do a debrief on mm-hmm. with, with our full assessment to say, yep. one of the competencies is, is increase empathy. And I would bet over the course of all of them that I've done, probably over 75% of the people have never considered the concept of self-empathy. And I know we've talked about that in mm-hmm. some other podcasts. Yep. They, they have ne- we are never taught to give ourselves a break when things don't go the way we want them to or when things don't go the way other people think they should have went. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how many aha moments I've had about that. You know, I asked the question when something, when you're involved in something and it fails, what is your self-talk? Yeah. Is it, you idiot, dummy, you know, you beat yourself up or you go, be realistic. I screwed that up, but why did I screw it up? What can I learn from it and then go on? And if you don't have that self-empathy, you'll never, ever be able to move ahead. Yeah, because it's that inner critic will always remain there to mm-hmm. point out what you didn't do right, what you should have done, where, where you should have gone, all those different things, right? Lynette uh, that we work with, she calls it the shoulds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. I should have done this. I should have done that. You should all over yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm going to be uh, express some some empathy for anybody in our audience that maybe had inner critic planted in them by maybe a parent or a friend, uh, maybe an ex-spouse who employer, employer who maybe convinced you to make an agreement with a statement like you're not you can't, mm-hmm. you know, and that's powerful stuff. And I'm telling you from experience, it's tough to unwind an agreement that you've made. I get it, and it's it is. I'm, I'm from experience. It is. It's really, really difficult. You can talk about the neural pathways and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. that becomes beaten into you. Yeah, and I say that, Jeff, not because I think. Well, if you're in that place, good luck. <laughs> I'm saying. It just means you're going to have to be more dedicated in your work. What's the word we use? Oh, come on, come on. Uh, it starts with a P. Uh, uh, pra- practice. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you know, there's times when you have that brain cramp, and I'm just, I was starting to panic. I'm just going, going, Jeff, where's he going? Where's he going? I should know this. I should know this. <laughs> Pressure. But, yeah, it's practice. It is. It is, quite frankly. Okay. Um, I don't want to go too far down this path of self-talk. But when the inner critic critic comes to you and says you're not, why don't you just say yes, I am, mm-hmm. and just repeat it? Because there's one thing about the inner critic: when the inner critic is responded to, specifically in what we're talking about with optimism mm-hmm. as one example, the inner critic begins to fade. It's not going to happen overnight, Jeff. I'm definitely mm-hmm. not saying that. But we go to practice. Then we practice it another day. We practice it another day. And before too long, the inner critic has nothing more to say to you, to I, or to anybody out there in the audience. I really firmly believe that in this idea of working on you, I used to, I used to subscribe to the idea about the, the, that there could be five things. If I did these five things, then I would be successful. The five secrets of Bill Gates and Elon Musk or whatever, right? Makes for great Great marketing material, but the content and substance typically is lacking, right? Well, that's their five things. 
Great point. Great point. And I understand some people are motivated by that because they say, hey, well, if Elon Musk gets up at four in the morning and goes to bed at two in the morning, then that must be a great concept. I would warn you, though, Charlie Parker, the great the bird, Charlie Parker Mm -hmm. was an absolute heroin addict to the end. And tons of musicians back in that day thought, well, if I do heroin like Charlie, I'll be a virtuoso. (laughs) And boy, did they find out. No, he's just a heroin addict. <laughs> so, Jeff, I'm sorry, not to be. Not no, to be. I, I, I was just thinking of Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get up late. I'm going to dictate stuff when I'm sitting in the bathtub smoking a cigar with a glass of whiskey. And I'm going to rule England and win World War II. <laughs> so, to your point, leave it that, with that. that might have worked for him. With that fault, right? It, it, that might have worked for Winston Churchill, and it might work for Elon Musk. But here's my point within that, right? We have to remember that um, our individual successes, right, are formed out of who we are. I mean, again, I go back to the Enneagram and and the emotional intelligence. It is an inside job, and it's a unique one, right? I, I want to go back to what I said about, you know, checking off the easy ones. Yeah. Those are things to be celebrated to show progress. Mm-hmm. Just don't let them be the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great, great point. Um, so, Jeff, as we come to an end, I, uh, I want to kind of throw out some maybe final tips. Uh, one of the easiest and most straightforward ways is to get in touch with us um, at our email, info at spirit of EQ. And Jeff or I will respond. If you got a question about some of this, we're more than happy to respond to you that way. And, and maybe you're in an organization. Maybe you're a leader in an organization or a business owner, and you're wondering, well, how can we put this kind of stuff into what we do at our, in our organization? That same email works the same. Just let us know that you, know, you heard our podcast and you want to learn more. We'd love to sit down and talk with you, whether it be in person or via Zoom or by phone, to talk about how this can actually play out into reality beyond just just the idea of it. Mm-hmm. So with that, Jeff, thanks for being with me as always. Thank you, and thank you, everyone listening. And have a great day, guys. We'll see you, hear from you soon. Take care. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. 
Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. But, all right. But, but not, still. not totally We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think cool we really appreciate that as always too there is social media linkedin facebook and we also have a youtube channel those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment a like or those kind of things just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us right jeff right we appreciate you all thank you Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.